What's up, man? Hey, Ben. Nice haircut. Thank uh, you for the comments. Nice haircut. Thank you. Thank you. It's a, it's relatively fr fresh. It's about a, you know, a little less than a week old, and I think that's the kind of the the sweet spot of a haircut. Um, <laughs> so I'm trying. To... <laughs> uh how's everything uh how was your day today means, but, uh my day was busy i had a good day um saw a lot of great patients and you know i always enjoy going into work went into yesterday was monday so i like to start out the the day when i come into work on monday morning and huddle the staff around and i'll go thank god it's monday that the weekend's over and we can finally do what we love to do, which is work. <laughs> we work, you know. Uh, I, I'm sure. I, I'm sure we might get some some comments from from the staff. That's not exactly how that went. Uh, but, but Katie's, Katie's put it. <laughs> no, that is how I approached it, and it did give a good psychological boost to everybody. There you go. There you go. Thank goodness you can get back to what you love, and that's work. Well, I tell you what. Like one thing I do, I I do really, really look forward to these Tuesday nights and, and getting to, to answer these questions and, uh, getting to, uh, just to, um, be in community with people who are, who are like-minded. Uh, so I'm pumped to be here and I, I know you're pumped to be here. We're going to answer a lot of questions and, uh, and hopefully, uh, help out, help out a lot of people. Um, uh, real quick, how did I do on my, on my bio for you? Like grading me one to 10, uh, did I do any errors? Did I... I'll give you a 10. I mean, you know, you did good. My, you know, my bio is pretty straightforward. I'm not a superhero. Like <laughs> even I'm your dad, you think I'm a superhero. But to you, I may be, but to regular people, I'm not a superhero. <laughs> Just a family doc who has some common sense. You know what? I, I, I probably, you know, we can trim down that bio to... Uh, he's a family doc who has common sense. I think that's probably, uh, probably the, the, the wording we, we, we need to use. It probably best describes it. Um, Nicole, I, I see your questions there. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put Nicole's question up because we actually do, uh, twice a year. Um, if you're, if you're in our area, we, we run specials. Um, one, the, one is, uh, the Black Friday week and the other is Mother's Day week. Uh, so Mother's Day is uh, a week from, I guess, next Saturday, next Sunday. So we're going to be running specials. And Katie, you can correct me if I'm wrong. It's either, it's not next week, but the following week. No, it's it's next week. Next week is the specials we're running. And I will confirm that by putting this up. Um, it is May 2nd through 6th. So it, I am correct. It's next week. Uh, next week we're running specials. Uh, on looks like a Juvederm fill, filler, the whole the whole crew, uh, all your your favorite uh, metastatic uh, metastatic stuff. Uh, we'll be running on special next week, and I, I got to put this up here too because I'm excited about this. We're gonna get Jill on the podcast this week. Um, Jill is our is our provider in the Bristol office. We're doing a grand opening May 6th, so if you're in the area and want to hang out. Uh, we're running some specials in that office and we're also just gonna, you know, kind of hang out and meet and greet everybody. Um, so that's happening. It's right on state street on the Virginia side. Uh, so come check us out. Uh, let's see here before we get going. All right. Cool. 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 Uh, thank you, Katie. Uh, 
Kimberly, what's going on? Uh, Kimberly thinks you're a hero. Um, and, you know, to some degree, you know what, I, I'll, I'll agree with that. I, I will agree with that. Um, you're a hero to, to me and, <laughs> and to a lot of other people. Um, okay, so let's, let's do this real quick. Uh, I know this is a, a very popular question. Um, what estradiol number are you looking for in most of your BHRT patients, uh, your bioidentical hormone therapy patients? Um, you know, there's a range of numbers. Um, usually about 60 to 80 would be about the number, ideally. And a lot of it has to do with the, uh, the number on the progesterone as well. Um, what, what, what number? Are, so are you looking for a ratio? Yeah, I'm looking for a ratio of, um, usually like to see the estradiol between, um, 60, 80 and the progesterone between one, maybe two, um, you know, about a, maybe about a eight to 10 to one ratio of estradiol to progesterone. Um, and again, those are just numbers. I, I want results and, uh, symptom control. So those are numbers and, uh, overall, I'm looking more for results than numbers. But, um, um, so this is a follow-up and uh, to this question, and I love that there's a follow-up. It says, my, my bone health book says 50 is the minimum we should want for bone health. Wanted to see if you agree with that. It sounds like you do, or at least close to what you're thinking. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. You need to be over, over 50 uh, to get the effects with uh, protecting your bones. Um, all right. Thank you for, for that great question. Um, let's see here. This is a Cleveland heart panel question. Um, I just had the Cleveland heart panel done. I have uh, psoriatic arthritis and have noticed my rheumatologist always does a CRP test and the Cleveland does the HSCRP and mine was greater than 10. The question is, can you explain the difference in these two tests? How can one tell if the results are from heart disease versus arthritis activity? That's a good question. Um, the the CRP, C-reactive protein, has mostly been replaced by the HSCRP, which means highly specific uh, C-reactive protein. It's just more accurate. Some people think that it uh, better represents um, heart, but you know, heart disease inflammation of your heart but really not it's just it's kind of an overall measure so it can be elevated with heart disease it can be elevated with arthritis or any kind of inflammation especially if you have a lot of gut problems it's going to be high so the you should always get the hs crp for one thing now if you're looking at arthritis you know there's a better there's probably a better test called the sed sed rate sedimentation rate which sometimes will We'll uh, look at that for the different rheumatologic disorders. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of other um, more heart-specific inflammatory markers like myeloperoxidase that we do on our Cleveland and oxidized LDL, which is a good um, measure of inflammation in your arteries. So um, get the HSCRP. It's kind of the new C-reactive protein marker. And um, if you're talking about rheumatologic disease, said you need to follow that plus your sed rate, in my opinion. All right. That, that is a great question, actually. That's a really mm -hmm. good question. 
Um, okay, let's get to uh, uh, this one here. Um, let's see. Is that the whole question? Did I get that? Okay. What are your thoughts on a 55-year-old male taking HCG and testosterone together but administered separately? What are the advantages uh, for a man? Uh, this, is a, this is something that I think um, you can answer as well as anybody. Um, so kind of take it away. Yeah, you know, um, if you have low T, you need to build up your testosterone. And um, first of all, you need to find out why it's low. Um, I had a 23-year-old new patient today with a level of 100, which was really low. He's been feeling terrible for about two years. And, you know, they check routine labs, but not hormone levels. And they put him on different medications, including antidepressants and all. When the problem was um, low testosterone, I mean, 100 in a male is really low. Um, that's about what I like a female to have is about around a hundred. But um, so you have to find out why that they have low testosterone. Is it primary hypogonadism from testicular failure or is it secondary coming from pituitary um, dysfunction? So you need to run tests to determine that. Um, like luteinizing hormone, follicle-stimulating hormone, prolactin. You really need to know what you're doing with this. Um, so it depends on the age that you're at. Now, certainly in a young guy uh, with low T, you need to try to stimulate um, uh, their own production if you can. Uh, sometimes I'll start with testosterone and add in Clomid or HCG. Clomid's an oral medication. HCG's a, a shot. Now, um, so it depends on the age and, and all, but HCG, which is really a fertility hormone, is very similar to luteinizing hormone. That hormone secreted by your pituitary gland um, in your brain that tells your testicles to make testosterone. So um, what happens if you say, you, so we use it for fertility, we use it for a couple reasons. One is fertility. So it's a, if it's a young person that has to get on testosterone, if clomid or HCG don't do the job alone, then you need to combine it with one or the other. I like HCG better really uh, than I do clomid uh, for that purpose when I combine it with testosterone. So what it does, it keeps uh, your sperm count high so your fertility won't be uh, destroyed by taking testosterone by itself. It also um, keeps testicular size normal because if you get testosterone, it, it shrinks up your testicles. So a lot of people don't like that. At age 55, you're in andropause, the male menopause. So you don't have to have it because you're probably not worried about your fertility. You may be. Um, but if you're not, then you know, it's not a big deal unless the testicular shrinkage bothers you a lot. But really, ACG um, is a great hormone anyway. I, I like to use them together. You can't use them in the same syringe uh, because one's like oil and water. They don't mix very well in the syringe, so you give them separate shots. Usually you give um, testosterone intramuscularly, and you give... ACG uh, subcutaneously. It's a little tiny needle you give in the abdomen usually 
and testosterone you give in the hip or thigh uh, usually. But so they work really well together. Actually, I think HCG, um, which is very similar to luteinizing hormone, keeps your own production going. Um, and it seems to work kind of uh, simultaneously. Um, it probably enhances the effect of uh, the testosterone itself. And it, it seems to have some other good properties as well. People think of HCG as the diet shot, which we do use HCG uh, along with a 500 calorie diet for fast weight loss. We've been doing that for years. It's very effective. Um, but here we're talking about it for, for as a fertility drug and also as a hormone drug to keep some of your own uh, testosterone being produced through your testicles so you don't shut down that pituitary gonadal axis and you're able to keep your fertility as well. Uh, and it seems to enhance the effects of testosterone uh, itself. So I do like uh, to use both these, but some guys just don't want to do it because they don't want more kids. They don't worry about the testicular shrinkage and, you know, it's not cheap. So, um, but ideally it's pretty good. Even at 55 years old, 65, you can do it. 70 age doesn't really matter. Um, so I hope that answers your question on, on the hormone HCG, human chorionic gonadotrophin. Can you, um, uh, real quickly, um, tell the listeners the, the dosing differences uh, if you're using it for weight loss versus using it. Um, uh, Cause I'm assuming it's a way it's a much less dose. Oh, it's different dose. It's different doses. Um, I actually use less of it for the HCG diet. Oh really? Okay. Which is, some people say, well, the HCG that's a dangerous shot for diet. Not really. We're using 125 units for when we do um, when we use it for, female fertility, we use 10,000 units at a time. Now for um, men, along with or without testosterone, we usually use 500 uh, units um, twice a week, sometimes a thousand if we're, if we really want to increase their sperm count. So um, you kind of have to know what you're doing with this. Um, most practitioners don't have a clue about how to do this and it's not their fault. They're just not trained in it. But at, it is important. At what point would a man not be concerned about their pituitary gonadal axis? Like, well, when they get old, you know, and they're not worried about fertility or, you know, having testicular shrinkage, you know, it's not going to hurt them to take testosterone uh, by itself. Okay. But um, it's just kind of like an enhancement and, and maybe um, ensuring that you won't uh, shut down that pituitary gonadal axis, even though, you know, at a certain age, you know, you're not going to produce a lot of testosterone on your own, on your own anyway. So, um, and I, I might be going down a rabbit hole here, but is there a, you know, you mentioned the cost factor of doing that. Is there, is there ch other cheaper ways that could enhance, uh, testosterone therapy for a man? So say, you know, they're wanting to get the most out of their, hormone therapy, um, are there cheaper ways in HEG to, to do that? I mean, it's not prohibitively expensive. It's yeah. not that expensive, but yeah, I mean, sometimes I use Clomid, okay. which is an oral pill, low dose Clomid, and that's going to be a lot cheaper. Um, but those are the two ways that you usually think about 
doing it. Or another tactic sometimes is is giving the testosterone a break and cycling off testosterone to let your own body, you know, uh, recycle and produce it on its own. Use it at a younger age. Once it once you get a certain age, like fifty five, you're not going to put out a lot on your own anyway. Got it. So, but uh, uh, that, that's a great question. question. Great yeah. question. Thank you for that. Uh, we're going to move on here. Let's get on to a GI map question. Um, I hear you talk about the GI map so often. Is this an invasive test like a colonoscopy or not? Uh, what is involved? No. Um, I ordered a GI map on a patient today. There was a really interesting patient that had ulcerative colitis. And it was really interesting, my conversation with her. Um, uh First of all, GI map is a stool test. You know, we give you the stuff, you go home and uh, provide a stool sample and you send it in, then they send us the results. Robin Riddle, who's our expert in, in gut health, uh, interprets it along with the GI map people and gives you some good advice on what to do. What it does, it kind of um, tests, uh, it identifies the bacteria in your gut. You know, the pathogenic meaning bad bacteria and the good bacteria. So, example, if you had yeast overgrowth, if you had, um, uh, gosh, it's a lot of, like a zonulin test on there, calprotectin, which are indicative of leaky gut. But um, if you had parasites in your gut or pathogenic bacteria, um, so it identifies your gut microbiome. Um, it's an invasive test. It's a stool sample. But anyway, today I ordered it on a lady that had been diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which is a is a pretty extreme form of inflammation in your colon, and it it can lead to all kinds of problems. Um, you know that's diagnosed by doing a colonoscopy and uh, usually a biopsy of your colon, which is an invasive procedure. Um, but it was interesting to me that the the GI doc wanted to immediately put her on um, really high dose um, heavy hitter medications uh, like uh, I think maybe Humira was one of them and there was another one that her insurance would have got very expensive uh, medications with a lot a lot of potential side effects um, and she wasn't really willing to go on those so, and I asked her this question, um, I go, did they ever talk to you about what you eat or your nutritional pattern or, you know, use of probiotics, anything, anything about your nutritional pattern? No, you know, they didn't ask one question about it. So that's kind of a fallacy with a lot of the GI docs who are great otherwise. I mean, you know, they're great docs, but they're just not trained or they, I don't know if they don't care about it, but. They're just not trained to really go in depth on having you avoid inflammatory foods like glutens and dairy and nightshades. I mean, she never had a clue about that, about probiotics, about, you know, checking a something like a GI map, which is a very useful um, uh, test because it takes, a you know, it's it's involved. It takes a long time to sort it out. You know, it's always easier just to, make a diagnosis and slap somebody on a medication and uh, see you, you know, see you again, we'll do another colonoscopy in a few months. But really, if you want to get to the root cause of the problem, that's why you need to ask a patient what they eat. 
and you know what's what effects they have after they eat certain foods and then you do an elimination diet um, and you know we even do food sensitivity tests um, to determine to determine what your particular um, uh, system can tolerate and what it can't tolerate so you really need to find the root causes otherwise boom you have ulcerative colitis the rest of your life you're on these heavy hitter expensive lots of side effect medications you never even address the root cause of the problem. So to me, that's that's just the wrong way to uh, approach this. Now, I'm not against using Humira and certain other uh, methotrexate-like drugs, but, you know, try, try finding out why first before you uh, put somebody on this. Um, you know, so that's just the way I, I think it's a better way to approach it. So this is a great example of what this, that happened today. That's so hopefully cool. I can help her find the, the root cause of the problem and avoid going on those medications. My gut feeling is gut feeling is that we'll be able to, uh, if, if you guys, if you guys want to hear, um, how Robin interprets, uh, the GI map, uh, on we have a, a an explain this episode on the GI map in particular. Uh, if you just search GI map and performance medicine, uh, that should come up. Um, okay, let's get to this last one, then we're going to jump into the comments here. Um, any thoughts on stem cell therapy? It seems they're talking um, uh, more about their knees. Knees. Um, what's your What's your thoughts? Yeah. What, you know, I like thoughts? stem cells. I think stem cells are probably the future. Um, the problem with stem cells right now, the FDA hasn't approved in the United States, at least, um, where you can go get stem cells that will really help you like, um, placental or umbilical cord, uh, stem cells, which work a lot better. Um, as a matter of fact, one of my friends is getting ready to have a baby and, uh, third baby. And I said, please bank your umbilical cord blood in case you, your family, your kids may need it in the future for treatments for things like type one diabetes and, uh, all kinds of autoimmune things, cures cancer even. Um, so stem cells are that, those, the pluripotential cells. That means they can, they can turn into a heart cell or a bone cell and, uh, so they really are, I really think they are the future. The problem is that, you know, where you get them. And right now the FDA just frowns on anything that's not from your own body, i.e. Your, your own fat cells are from your own bone marrow. Now, most of, most of the time when people get my age and they're starting to think about this for their knees or whatever, um, you know, they're, they're, they can get their own stem cells from their own body, but they don't have a lot of, they, they're aging. Their stem cells aren't as good as, you know, newborns. So, um, you know, these are not come from aborted fetuses. So, uh, which is the knock on, some people think that, but they don't. So um, you can do it, but mostly what we do, and it's, it is for sure safe and effective is, PRP uh, shots to the knees, especially, um, which is platelet-rich plasma, where we draw your blood, spin it down, get the, the platelet-rich plasma off of it and inject it into your knee. And it really kind of helps regrow 
uh, cartilage, and it's it's really successful. I think it's better a better treatment than um, some of the the rooster comb injections like Cinevis that uh, we do on people. Also, I don't do them anymore. I do PRP. A lot of the orthos, of course, will do those because. Uh, one, number one, it's usually covered by insurance. Uh, PRP is not covered by insurance, but it's about $500 to inject a, uh, a joint with uh, PRP. So stem cells, the future, you know, hopefully when, we, when they get a, a better source that they're okay with, it's going to be even better. You can go to foreign countries and get it done. You know, so, right now. so if, if someone were to come in your office and say, hey, I'm pretty convinced about stem cells, uh, how would you advise them to look for someone to do it with? Like, how would you advise them? What should they look for in an administrator of stem cell therapy? Anything in particular, any like uh, fellowships, any type of person uh, that you recommend? Um, you know, somebody that is board certified in regenerative medicine, for sure. Um but I would recommend they start out with PRP, see okay. how that works. And then if they get uh, their own, you know, there's some centers. There's a place in Charlotte that does a lot of it. Uh, the ortho guys over there do some of it. Um, you know, it's not a lot of fun having a bone marrow mm. uh, aspiration. And I don't think it's fun to have fat removed either and get your stem cells out of there. So and if you're going to do the really effective stem cell therapy from umbilical cord, then you're going to have to go out of the country. Interesting. Um, for right now, it'll be available at some point, you know, when they get okay on it. But uh, if, you know, if you were to advise somebody to keep their kids umbilical cords, like how long does that, does that last forever? Years. Really? Years, decades. Yeah. Huh. Um, that's super interesting. Uh, thank you for that question, for spurring that conversation. Uh, we'll have to, we'll continue to talk more about that because, you know, regenerative medicine is is super fascinating and, and something that we're trying to stay on top of, you know, just as an educational platform. Um, okay, let's do, uh, let's get into live comments here. I uh, see there's a lot of activity here. Thank you for, uh, for that. Um, let's see here. Uh, let's see, where are we going to start? Um <laughs> I just have to put this up here so you can see it. Um, Aram says, I can see I would spend lots of money if you were in Hawassi, Georgia. <laughs> uh, I wish I was in Hawassi. Maybe, maybe put a clinic down there. Uh, Katie, look into Hawassi, Georgia. Um, make a clinic for Iram. Uh, thank you for that comment, man. Um, all right, let's get to, let's get to some questions here. Um, uh, I'm not sure. I want to get this for keto. Is this a question, keto? I uh, just found a bullseye rash, so I'm researching. Maybe Doc has an opinion. Um, can you run with that any? I'm assuming that's about a um, tick bite uh, for uh, Lyme. You know, if it's a bullseye rash, then you need to probably get on a round of doxycycline um, just to make sure. A lot of times, you know, when you uh, – you think about Lyme disease, you know, about 90% of the time, most people that have it find out much later when it could have been treated right on. Like a lot, a lot of them never have a rash. 90% of them never found a tick. So, um, you know, there could be different forms of bullseyes or rash 
Yeah. It depends on whether it spreads, but you know, if you think it could be a tick bite, you know, call your doc and, and have them prescribe uh, a round of, of doxycycline for you just on the safe side. Um, unless it's something else pretty obvious, you know, it'd be real interesting, but you want it, if you treat it early, you'll, you'll wipe it out. If you let it sit and don't treat it, and if it is a tick bite, and, and again, Lyme's only one kind of infection you can get from ticks. Uh, so I, I would say have a doctor start treating that. Um, you don't have to have fever or arthralgia until, until much later. So I, I would jump on that. And, you know, ticks are starting to get out there a little bit early, but um, in the warmer cli climates part of the country, they're out there. Uh, All right. This is from, excuse me, this is from Iram. Um, what does Dr. Rogers know about proton radiation therapy? Yay or nay? My neighbor has prostate cancer going for proton therapy. Uh, I'm putting this up there because I know it's a it's a common decision that you deal with uh, with your patients. Uh, yeah. What, what what's um, your what's your thoughts on this with prostate cancer? You know, I've sent people for proton therapy. I've seen quite a few. For that. It's it's radiation therapy. You know, it's more focused, more directed, i.e., less side effects than the old traditional um, type of external beam radiation, um, and certainly. You know, it's much better than the seed implants for most cases. Um, so um, my, my own father had prostate cancer and he in the back, back in the days and he got this seed implants and wishes he never did because it really messed his gut up. Um, so with the proton therapy, um, you know, we have one near us in Knoxville, 100 miles away. And, you know, it's, it's pretty effective, but it's still radiation, so it can still cause problems. And you have to go daily for a while. They've shortened the dose on it, uh, the days on it a little bit. You used to have to go for 30 straight days. Um, so in, in dealing with patients that have had it, patients and friends that have had this, you know, it can make you feel bad. You know, most of them feel kind of tired. It can still affect your gut. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's a weird type of therapy. Um, a lot of the urologists don't like it because they think it's more like, uh, bourgeois medicine. You know, they, they, they have real fancy offices and it's more of a marketing thing. Mm. Uh, but, um, I'm not saying it's not effective because it can be, but it's not without side effects. And it's, it's kind of a hassle to go get it. You know, if you live right near there it's probably better. Um, but because, and there's definitely going to be less incontinence and, in, in, you know, erectile dysfunction from that than, than a radical prostatectomy. Uh, so I guess a lot of it would depend on, uh, to me, um, if it's invasive, if, um, what the Gleason score is, which is the pathology on the, that they got on their biopsy, you know, if it's a, Gleason 6, which is the mildest form of cancer, they're not even calling that cancer. So if I had a Gleason 6, I wouldn't do anything about it except watch it, you know, because it's probably not cancer. Um, you know, you have Gleason 7, then 8, 9, 10. If you have one of the later forms, you need to do something about it. Uh, but, you know, ob 
observation, watching and waiting if it's a low-grade uh, uh, prostate cancer is certainly a reasonable aspect to go. Um, and certainly a radical prostatectomy, even with uh, you know, robotic uh, removal, which is supposedly a nerve-sparing procedure, which it is better than the, the old open ones, uh, they still have a lot of incontinence and erectile dysfunction. Um, you know, I know many have had it and a lot of them have that side effect. Um, so, you know, a lot of it depends on the case. It, it can work, but you know, they have to, it's a weird type of treatment. They have to really, you're going to have, you're going to have to have a lot of enemas. You, they fix these casts to your legs where you, you can't move during the, during your, um, MRI um, and your radiation. So it's a lot, it's a lot to go through, but at least it, they're not cutting on you. So you're going to have less um, incontinence and erectile dysfunction, which is the concern for most men. Um, they're, they're doing some other new things like a focal laser ablation. Um, I've sent several patients to Texas and Florida to get that procedure done. And um, they just focus. It's a lot easier to go through, a lot less side effects. Um, it's expensive. Insurance usually doesn't pay for it. Um, but it just is a laser burning of the cancer, not your entire prostate. And so you may or may not be a candidate for that. But certainly, you know, I, I like to get uh, MRIs of the prostate to see mm. what it looks like. And so, so there's a lot of advances with that. Um, so the pins, but, but that, I hope that gives you a good idea about, um, about it, but, uh, it, you know, talk to your, a lot of, uh, urologists are great. They, they want to take it out. The surgeon wants to cut and a, uh, radiation oncologist wants to radiate. Uh, so, um, you know, there's a, sometimes there's a little turf battle between that. But I would say, uh, look at all your options, see, see how bad the pathology is and how aggressive it is. And, you know, certainly if it's starting to, to spread, then the radiation is going to be better than uh, cutting it out. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a quandary for a lot of, a lot of guys. Certainly less invasive but and probably less side effects than a radical prostatectomy. Um, the, the big thing, the big thing I've seen um, you move to uh, when educating, you know, patients on this decision has been the MRI of the prostate, uh, getting that done. And then I guess what that does is give you more information in terms of like, you know, how, how urgent is a procedure uh, or something like that? Is that kind of what the MRI is yeah, doing? You, you, yeah, you can look and, and see the location of it. You know, the problem with, you know, when your PSA is, is high and they, they go do these blind biopsies, which are painful, and, you know, they're just kind of blindly going in there. So a lot of times they'll do an ultrasound directed one, but it's definitely better with an MRI. It's just it's kind of new technology and, most urologists don't have access to it yet or won't use it. So they do the old fashioned way and just go in there with, you know, 16 big truss needle sticks and hoping they get it. And they usually will get some of it um, to be able to grade it, but it's painful, can lead to infections. And I, I like the 
MRI guided uh, biopsies biopsies better. So, you know, the that field is really evolving. Hmm. So, stay tuned. If you got a Gleason six, just watch it. Don't do anything about it yet. All right. Uh, thoughts. And if out- you're real old, if you're really old, don't worry too much about it. You know. Yeah. If all of us reach 90 or more, we're all going to have prostate cancer. Okay. Um, we're going to die with it, not of it. But again, prostate cancer kills about 30,000 uh, men a year. So, you know, it, it just depends. So think about it, get a second opinion and, you know, uh, think about the, the side effects and what you're willing to put up with. Well, it, it's an important topic. Um, it's a really important topic. When, when is Men's Health Month? Is that June? I think it's in the fall. Is it, it the it's fall? Everybody, maybe it's November. Everybody grows a mustache during it, except me. Well, <laughs> me um, too. Well, we need, we'll, we'll talk more about that because I know it's a it's something that uh, a lot of people um, go through that decision, and and uh, we'll have to talk more about it. Um, let's go to Nicole's question. What all does the Cleveland panel cover? Should I have it done before a hormone panel? Uh, I'll, I'll answer a, a lot of this for, for Nicole. Nicole, the, the best thing to do would be to, we've got a video coming out with Katie on uh, the Cleveland in particular, I think, and Katie can correct me if I'm wrong, on how to be a patient with the Cleveland or where to start. And I think the, the starting point is uh, uh, the Cleveland panel for, for most people. And the Cleveland, I, you can request to have hormones done on it. Uh, you only need to request it's on there. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Hormones are automatically on the Cleveland. So just come in and get a Cleveland because it covers about everything I need to know about your metabolism, your hormones, your thyroid, your adrenals, your inflammatory markers, the size of your cholesterol particles, your insulin resistance numbers, not just an A1C and uh, sugar levels, but... It's just an amazing test, vitamin levels, a couple of important uh, genetic tests like the MTHFR and the APOE genes. Um, of course, liver, kidney, blood counts, iron stores. It's just a wonderful uh, test. It's probably the best thing we do. It's a good starting point. Yeah. So you can come in and get it, and then you uh, will know your hormones there, and we'll talk about it all at once if you want. You know, but uh, and, and, and most, that was- insurance, most insurance is pay most of it. And, and that was actually, that was the video. That was the first, um, first episode of the FAQ series we did with Katie. Um, so that, uh, that was, that'll be in, on our YouTube channel right now. Uh, it's a, how to be a new patient. Um, because that is typically what we advise people as a way to get the most out of their first visit at performance medicine or any, uh, functional medicine clinic is, is something like the, the Cleveland panel. Um, okay. So, and you can look at, we didn't explain this episode on the Cleveland heart panel that, that goes over all the tests that's covered on there. And there's, there's quite a few. Um, all right, let's get to, uh, Rowell here on YouTube. Uh, doctor, I have a friend that had some labs done and they told him his iron was low. Any suggestions on supplements? Um, well, first of all, you know, with the man having low iron, especially, you need to find out why they have low iron. You know, um, rule out anything like colon cancer or stomach ulcer or, you know, some bone marrow problems. But if it boils down that there's nothing bad going on and they're just low on their iron, maybe they've been that way their whole life, then you can take uh, an iron supplement like 
the one we have is iron plus protein ferrous sulfate um it, you know it's it's a little bit easier on your stomach than most forms of iron and i recommend when you take iron you take vitamin c beforehand it, it enhances the absorption so i like iron plus protein uh, preceded by vitamin c um, of course you can always there's some other things you can do like um you know you can uh, take liver uh, beef liver pills you could eat organ meat that type of thing but um you really need to find out why the low iron and a lot of times it it can even mean you have a vitamin a deficiency you can have a copper deficiency um so a lot of that's tied in together so um don't just have low iron and get on an iron pill because there's other factors uh, involved like uh vitamin a and uh certainly copper if you take too much zinc you're going to deplete your copper also so be careful about that um but uh all right good question thank you good for question. for that roel let's get to to gene here um do you like primarin with an applicator to strengthen the bladder no i don't like primarin at all it's pregnant horse urine so there's better forms of um uh, of estrogens that, that we need to use. Now, the strength in the bladder, uh, of course, look at your hormone levels and replace your all your hormones. Um, but if you need a local uh, estrogen, topical estrogen, which which are great, um, I like estriol. Um, and usually you use it every night for a week. It has inside and outside applications. And then a couple of times a week. But again, look overall at your um, all your hormone levels, because you, if you're a certain age, you, you need to take all the hormones systemically, not just uh, topically, vaginally. So uh, look at all your hormones. Don't do Primarin. Uh, estriol. All right. That's Thank my favorite. Thank you for, for that question on YouTube. Um, let's see here. Thank you, Katie, for uh, clarifying some of the, the Cleveland uh, tests uh, on Facebook. Um, let's see here. Where are we? Um, all right. Uh, Kathy uh, on Facebook says, just came on Monday and got the Cleveland Heart Panel blood work done. Will I get a copy of them when you get back? Um, uh, let's see. Oh, um, Okay, I have an appointment with you July 12th. I think I may have COVID now. What do you recommend I do? Um, I know you will get a copy. Um, you, any any thoughts on that, Doc? Yeah, you'll get a copy. It takes two, maybe three weeks to get it back from uh, the Cleveland Clinic. And certainly we'll go over everything and you'll get a copy when you see me. But if you want to come by and, uh, when it's back and pick up a copy, you can be looking it over also before you see see us um now you have covid right now uh you probably need to call the office in the morning let's get you treated um, because i believe in early treatment of covid even with this new ba2 omicron variant you still you can get pretty sick with it um depending on your risk factors etc but um yeah because i'm using of course i use ivermectin uh i'm gonna use Zithromax, I use high dose vitamins. And um, so if you do have COVID, if you're getting better and if you've had it for a week and you're getting better, fine. But if, you know, if, 
if it's within the five-day um, period of when your first symptom was and you're not getting better, please call the office and we'll, one of us will treat you tomorrow. Um, I just think early treatment. And, you know, there's another round going around. Uh, it, it's, it's coming around. I don't, I don't know that we'll ever be done with it entirely. You know, I don't worry as much. This Omicron variant seems to be milder, but I've still, in the last week or so, I've seen a, an uptick in cases that we're treating uh, of the phone, of course. And, um, you know, a couple of them got pretty sick with it. So I still recommend early treatment. Um, get Make sure you get on, take 50,000 of vitamin D every day starting tonight. And, and you could... You could take a gram of vitamin C every hour that you're awake uh, until you start feeling better. You need to take zinc, 50 milligrams. Go ahead and start on those for sure. And then uh, give us a call and we'll, we'll treat you. Uh, Kathy, hope you, hope you start to feel better uh, quickly. Um, thoughts and prayers out to you. Um, let's get to, to Alice's question here. Does the GI map check for colon cancer? No, no. Um, but there is a good stool test you can do for that. It's called Cologuard. Oh, yeah. I did one this year because I had a normal colonoscopy <clears throat> on my first round. I usually recommend that the first time to make sure you don't have any polyps. I like a direct visualization at 50 now. They're saying 45 now so because they're seeing colon cancer earlier. But, you know, after you get that initial screening, um, if you have no risk factors, you can, in 10 years, you can do either another colonoscopy or a cologuard, which detects, I think, 92% of colon cancers and also is pretty good for polyps, I think. So it depends on the risk factors, too, family history. And certainly, if you have any symptoms, get a colonoscopy. But uh, the, the GI map will not do that. Cologuard will. All right. Thank you for... For that question there, I want to put this up here. Thank you, Kathy, for uh, for putting this in the co in the comments about stem cells. Um, I've heard great things uh, about that as well. Just want to put that up there for uh, the Facebook people to see. Yeah, it's um, the future. It's yeah. the future. Um, all right, let's go to um, let's see from Andy Margaret. What are the best binders for removing toxins from the body? Uh, any thoughts on this? Um, gosh, there's a new one I ran in today. It's, it's a mineral stone. I think it's called zeolite. I'm going to do some research into that. But, of course, you can always use EDTA, which is a chelator. You can do that orally. I take it you know, every day. I take an oral form of EDTA. Um, you know, and I'm sure there's some more out there that I'm not, that aren't coming to mind right now. But, um, there's some great ways to detoxify your body, including infrared saunas, drinking a lot of water, um, milk thistle. Um, but my favorites are, are EDTA and certainly um, this new zeolite, which I'll find out about. Uh, sounds like it may be really helpful. Even uh, when... You know, we hear about fluorocarbon uh, toxicities. Uh, that that might be a kind of a new treatment for that as well. But I uh, um, hope that helps you a little bit. 
hope that ha- helps Andy Margaret. Um, let's see. Let's get, um, uh, let's see from Bianca here. Uh, how much is a CGM if I wanted to, to wear one again to see how the, the hacks, uh, referring to the car packs, uh, help and have already used the two week, f- uh, free trial. I, I honestly don't know. Um, Katie might hey, know. Bianca. I know you can go to target, I think, and get oh, really? it for about 60 to $80. Yeah, um, I love the CGMs, and uh, even if you're not diabetic, but um, especially if you have hypoglycemic episodes or, you know, you are a little bit insulin uh, resistant, it's just a great tool for learning about what you can eat and how to avoid those insulin uh, and glucose spikes that you can get after eating. So you can, you know, shop around. Uh, You could probably even get them cheaper than that places but i know uh i checked out target and they were i think they're either 60 or 80 dollars for a two-week supply of it um but you know a, a diabetic can benefit by always having a cgm on um if you're a type one you know the, the things like uh the dexcom are, are probably better they can even communicate with your insulin pump um i know andy's in the process of getting that but uh um, yeah, try target and, and just shop around. Do you, do you uh, suggest, this, sorry, sorry to interrupt. Um, do you suggest like any cycle of that? Like, you know, so there, there are two week cycles of having it on. Would that be something helpful to do like once or twice a year or does it need to be more than that? This depends on your situation. I mean, if you're pre-diabetic and struggling, then, uh, you can wear one all the time. Certainly, at different times of the year, you could, you know, use two weeks and see how you do. And if you kind of backslide a little bit, do it again. Um, it really, when you use one of those, it, it's really one of the best tools you can use. Ask Andy to uh, improve that overall A1C. And certainly, you know, you're gonna you're gonna see those insulin, you're gonna see those sugar spikes that you get that you're not gonna see on an A1C. Mm. So uh, try Target and shop around a little bit. They're going to come down in price too. They just are. I'm going to put this up there. Thank you, Mark, for the uh, for the comment. Just for um, the binder question. Um, yeah, you guys Zeolite. can that clay and activated charcoal. Great one. Um, the clay, the chlorella, um, which I take too. I wanted to mention that pectin, uh, silica, chitosan which is in our yeah. digest shield, which is a great one too. Oh, shoot. So yeah, thank you, Mark. Those are good. Uh, thank you for that, Mark. Let's get to uh, Kathy's question um, here. And, it, I, and she did correct this pill form. Uh, do you prescribe BHRT estrogen in pill form? Rarely. No, I just don't like uh, estrogens or testosterone in pill form, um, you know, because it has to go through your liver for one thing. Plus, it, it could even precipitate gallstones. It gets better than nothing for sure. And a lot of people, very good doctors, still use biased in pill form. I just, you know, all the meetings I go to, they don't, you know, they don't like it. So I tend to use the creams for estrogen and testosterone and progesterone, although I do use oral progesterone, which is safe orally, natural progesterone. Um, you know, it helps you sleep as well. Or, you know, creams are pellets. So, I, no, I usually don't. I usually don't like it for that reason. 
Um, better than nothing though. Um, thank you for, for that question. And I'm seeing Mark, you put in a question about Viapur. What I'm going to do, um, Katie, if you could on, uh, on YouTube, put in the comments when Viapur is going to get in stock. Cause I know we just put in an order. Um, uh, Mark's, uh, uh, asking about Viapur, which is a CBD oil. Um, and what I would do, Mark, actually is I did a podcast episode with, with Bob Wills, who's a good buddy of mine. Um, who uh, runs Viapur and and uh, he goes over you know exactly why it's as good as it is. Um, so uh, watch that if you guys want to learn more about Viapur, um, search Viapur and performance medicine. It's, it's been about a year a year or so since I did that interview with Bob, but it's really cool. Um, okay, let's get to uh, let's see. Uh, thank you, uh, Dr. Salmon, for for the comments about the bi- the binders. Um, let's see, I want to get, there's one digestion question that I missed somewhere. Uh, where am I? Where am I? And we'll end it here. Uh, here we go. It's from Roel. Uh, if someone is having IBS issues, would you recommend digestive shield, uh, or digest shield? Um, it, real quickly, you know, why would you, um, suggest digest shield uh i know you're a huge fan you know without without a question i would suggest it because it cures about 95 percent of them that i put on it um you know again ibs irritable bowel syndrome is something we label gut issues when we really couldn't find anything else it's a real thing it usually has to do with leaky gut or things getting into the um, you know that tight junction that you have between your gut and your bloodstream being open and so uh, toxic inflammatory food particles can get in your bloodstream and cause inflammation and then can lead to autoimmune disease and a bunch of stuff brain fog everything so um, you need something that's going to help tighten up those leaky junctions and it's usually going to mean restoring your gut microbiome in, in addition to avoiding some of the inflammatory foods like dairy and glutens. And that's what I like about Digest Shield. It's got five prebiotics, which is food for the probiotics. You've got to have prebiotics if you take probiotics. Eleven kinds of probiotics that come in the right billion CFUs, colony-forming units. Colony-forming units. Um, it has... Um, Digestive enzymes to help you break down, especially fats, but also to some extent proteins and carbs. It has a gluten blocker in there. That's the chitosan we talked about. It has lactase to block down dairy. It has a lectin blocker in it because a lot of times it's hard to, even if you eat the best out in the world, it's, uh, they stick stuff in the food, you know, that may have glutens in it and dairy and, and lectin so that's been my favorite by far uh gut pill of it that i've run across so yeah definitely put them on that um and if you have issues with post-covid especially taste smell gut problems we now have uh the igy in the office after about a two-month back order it came in this week so we hey, love it- igy as well and for those who, who are wanting IGY, it's, uh, it's, it's called Microbiome, microbiome Shield. Uh, microbiome Shield uh, with I, IGY antibodies. Um, I'm going to put this up here. 
uh, for you, Doc. Uh, Marnie says, I saw Dr. Rogers for the first time this week. Very brilliant, Doctor. I love his perspective on that. It's very sweet. Uh, oh, that's thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you for, for putting that in there. And uh, I see I see Lisa's comment. Lisa, what I'm going to do is I'm going to um, have Dr. Rogers answer that personally uh, tomorrow uh, through Messenger. Uh, so we will direct message you. But I but I do want to say, uh, and this is for anyone out here, uh, we don't we never consider patients being past helping ever. So uh, so no. Uh, you know, we would not consider, you know, you being past helping, um, uh, at all, at all. So, um, we will, we will get back to you and, and I'll, I'll send you a, send you a message. Um, there's always, always something, uh, something that we can do. Um, all right, guys, uh, that's going to do it for today. Um, let's see, uh, real quick for Candy. Um, I think Candy went to the, the office at some point. I hope, I hope everything went well. Uh, can I take my progesterone with all my nighttime meds, such as my aspirin and yes. blood pressure medicine? Yes, will not interfere with that at all. Cool. Sure can. All right. Hope that helps. Uh, you're very welcome, Lisa. I'll, I'll shoot you uh, a message with Doc uh, tomorrow. Uh, guys, that's going to do it for today. Uh, I'm sure I missed some. Uh, if I if I did, I, I'm super sorry. I will make sure I get... Uh, uh, go into the comments and, and get to it uh, next week. Uh, as you guys know, we do this show every single Tuesday night at 7 p.m. We answer all your health and wellness questions. Uh, thank you for everyone who's contributing in the comments. Uh, I see you, Dr. Sammons. Uh, Katie, of course, uh, contributing in the comments. Thank you so much, Mark, with your uh, kind comments. Uh, really appreciate you guys. Uh, like I say, uh, every single week, there's as good information in the comments as there is uh, in the audio you hear from us. So uh, be sure to go through the comments on both YouTube and Facebook. Doc, that's going to do it for tonight. Thank you, man. Have a great week. All right. I'll see you guys in a little bit. Uh, Tuesday night, we will be back, 7 p.m. Uh, Performance Weekly comes out Tuesdays at 1230. Uh, at 12.30. Uh, and for my mom, uh, I love you. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Do it for mom. All right. <laughs> love, love you guys. I will see Good you night. guys as soon as I see my outro. See you guys next week. Don't go away. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, please share the podcast with your friends. And if you haven't subscribed yet, please subscribe. Uh, we will see you guys next time.